We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Welcome to church once again. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. This is our Friendship Sunday, and I'm happy that you are here right now. The Lord bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. This is our month of divine intervention, and I'm believing God that you will enjoy divine intervention in the name of Jesus. You are blessed. Now, listen. If you want to be a registered member of this ministry, I want you to go to gatewaychapel.org.uk forward slash membership. I would love to pastor you. We'll be getting calls, people saying, how how can I be a member of the the church? So go to gatewaychapel.org.uk forward slash membership and look forward to welcoming you and I look forward to serving you with the grace and anointing of God upon my life. You are blessed, my friend. The Lord bless and prosper your family in the name of Jesus. Now let's get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Lord, I thank you, Father, for this month of divine intervention. I thank you, Father, because indeed you will step into the life of everyone under the sound of my voice. They will experience miracles and the supernatural will be their everyday occurrence this month in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Even as your word comes, Father, I pray it will come with precision, with authority, and, it, and with power. It will have the if required effect in the life of everyone here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are blessed, my friend. Now listen, this is, a, this is an all-important topic. This month, I want your posture in the spirit to be that of a student. I want you to learn, and I'm talking about how to enjoy divine intervention because, my friend, divine intervention is a reality, and I want you to experience it this month, all right? And so last week, we started looking at the picture of supernatural conquest. You see, because we know, we looked, I talked about the seven categories of problems that people face in life, and if you look around you, you will notice that someone somewhere needs God's intervention right now. Someone somewhere is on a treadmill spiritually, working very hard but going nowhere, struggling with one part of one area of life or the other. And so tonight, today, I am this, home, this month, I am sharing with you how to enjoy divine intervention, how to, how to uh, uh, get God to step into your affair and make things happen and make things happen for you quickly. All right? Praise the Lord. Now, last week we looked at the picture of supernatural conquest, and we went ahead to define supernatural conquest. So today I'm going to be look also be, I will complete that today, and I'll also be looking at the promise of supernatural conquest and also the prerequisite for supernatural conquest. All right. So last week we tried to define supernatural conquest, and we said number one, supernatural conquest happens when God takes over the battles and fights for you. When God takes over the battle and fights for you. That is 
supernatural conquest. And we saw that in the life of Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles 17, verse 18. And so why am I sharing all of this? I want you to believe it. I want you to expect it to happen. And I want God to honor your faith as you do in Jesus' name. Now, so today we want to continue. Number two, um, uh, supernatural conquest happens when the victory depends on God and not man. When the victory depends on God and not man. David knew he was no match against Goliath, but he trusted in God. He knew he was no match against Goliath, but he trusted in God to defeat him. And so in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 to 47, the Bible says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the, of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. Very gory details there. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the breast of the air and the wild beasts. So you see here, David is saying, listen, I, I, I am trusting God to intervene in this matter. My trust and my dependency is not on me. So supernatural conquest happens when the victory depends on God and not man. All right? Number three, supernatural conquest has marks and characteristics that make the whole world know clearly that this is God. All right? It has, it has marks and and, and characteristics that make the whole world know clearly that this was God who fought for you and gave you victory. Everybody knows. You know? And that's, that, is, that is supernatural conquest. When the whole world knows. You don't have to say anything. They just that man, holy God could have done this. All right? I pray that you will experience the only God could have done this factor in your life in the name of Jesus. I pray that this will become your testimony that only God could have given him this job. Only God could have given her this job. Only God could have saved this marriage. Only God could have saved her children. Only God could have delivered these kids. Only God could have made her pregnant. That will be your testimony from today in the mighty name of Jesus. The Philistines testified about the Israelites that their God defeated the Egyptians for them. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. He said, Woe to us who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods. <laughs> these are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. <laughs> the Philistines were, they were scared. So supernatural conquest has marks and characteristics that make the whole world, not just you, the whole world know clearly that this was God that fought for you and gave you victory. All right? Praise the Lord. Number four, supernatural conquest happens when battles are won effortlessly and when victories cannot be explained. I am sharing this with you because I want you to understand what supernatural conquest means so you can learn to begin, so you can begin to believe God for, for divine intervention. Supernatural conquest happens when battles are won effortlessly and when victories cannot be explained. David was able to escape all the assassination attempts against him by a whole king. 
That kind of escape cannot, do you know the number of times Saul tried to kill David? So only God preserved him. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 11, from verse 11 says, And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. And, and, and listen, Paul was, I mean, Saul, Saul was a warrior. He said, and Saul cast the spear. Saul was a warrior. This is not the kind of guy who throws a spear and miss. I mean, David would have been a huge target. How could, he, how could, the, how could Saul miss, miss, miss David? Twice. So supernatural conquest happens when the battles are won effortlessly and when victories cannot be explained. That kind of escape cannot be explained. That a king, the head of an army, threw a spear at you and missed, and he missed twice. That will be your portion from today in the name of Jesus. That God will miraculously, miraculously save you and deliver you. That your escape cannot be explained. That will be your portion in the name of Jesus. That will be your portion. Praise the Lord. Number five, supernatural conquest happens when God turned around, when God turns around the wickedness done against you for your blessing. You know, we say it sometimes that what the enemy makes for evil, God will, God will turn, it for, turn it around for good. That is, that is supernatural conquest, divine intervention. Every act of wickedness against Joseph was turned into a divine step. Supernatural conquest. Ha! May this be your portion in the name of Jesus. What God, when God turns around the wickedness done against you to your own blessing. Genesis 45, verse 3. It says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve your life. Praise the Lord. God sent me here to preserve your life. He said, in other words, you thought you were carrying out your evil desires. But in fact, that evil desire was turned into a glorious divine step for me. May the Lord turn every negative attempt against your life into a divine step and a divine order for you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord turn every form of every negative experience in your life into, into a God-ordained step for you in the mighty name of Jesus. May your steps shine brighter and brighter. The footsteps of the righteous man shines brighter and brighter. That will be your portion in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Number six. Supernatural conquest happens when someone or a teammate or your neighbor says something negative about you and it backfires on them. When God fights behind you, you know, and this happens a lot in in your in 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 people's place of work. 
You know when people meet at the kitchen table or drink coffee and then they say, oh, my now face against you. And it has happened to me before. You know, in fact, in fact, someone, I remember back in the day when I was working, someone, someone um, said, um, you know, he just, he just didn't like me. You know, a colleague just didn't like me. And um, so one day he went saying all manner of things about me. He went to the, he reported me to the project manager. And then the project manager eventually kicked me out of the project. No problem. But when they finally reassigned me, they now in, in, in my new uh, assignment, I then ran into a gentleman who taught me everything I needed to know about contracting. And within two, three months, I resigned and I went contracting. And from, earning, and from being a full-time staff, I moved, to, I moved on to start earning 600 pounds a day. If that guy didn't complain about me, right, and if they didn't get it off me from that, first, for that, from that first initial project, who knows? I probably still have been on that same job today. So supernatural conquest happens when someone or a teammate or a neighbor, whatever it is, whoever it is, says something negative about you and it backfires on them. So God turned it out to good. And eventually, it turns out, it turns out that, that this became a pattern of behavior for this guy, right? And eventually was kicked out himself. Haman was hanged on a gallow made for Mordecai. Esther 7, verse 9 to 10. Now, Habona, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, Look, the gallows, the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good to the king's, on, the, on the king's behalf, is standing at the house of Haman. Then the king said, hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wrath subsided. Can you imagine that? The king's wrath subsided. So supernatural conquest happens when someone, a teammate or a team member or your neighbor or whoever says negative things about you and it, and it backfires. Every negative thing said about you may it backfire in the name of Jesus. Every negative thing said about you, every negative attempt against the works of your hands or your family or your kids may it backfire in the name of Jesus. Number seven. Supernatural conquest happens when God suspends, suspends laws, protocols, and traditions to attend to your case. I love this one. Supernatural conquest happens when God suspends laws, protocols, and traditions to attend to your case. We had a wonderful testimony last week by um, I.B. Samuel. And she was saying how her son, how her son got this offer in uni. And then she said something. She said he, he had to skip two stages of interview to get that offer. So in other words, they suspended the tradition of going through a series of interviews. In fact, there are many people in our ministry today who have got great jobs, right, without doing any interview. So you see, God can suspend protocols. God can suspend traditions. God can suspend laws just to attend to his children. May you experience the hand of God in the mighty name of Jesus. May you experience the hand of God in the name of Jesus. There is nothing God cannot do, and there is nothing God won't do for the sake of the elites. 
Esther chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. It says, Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house while the king sat on his, on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter, which was in his hands. Then Esther went and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So we've seen, we've seen the, 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 these seven, these seven uh, definitions, what, what, what it really means when we talk about supernatural conquest. The, 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 the supernatural conquest is a, is a reality, and I pray that you experience it in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's look at the promise of supernatural conquest, the promise of it. God promised his people through Joshua, and he said that, he said, I have given Jericho into your hands. God promised them. God is a promise keeper. And a covenant-keeping God. God promised, they say, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. Like he's telling you today, see, I have given you your desires. See, I have given you your destiny and your destination. See, I have given you the promises. He promised them. So God is a promise keeper. God is a covenant-keeping God. And you know this. His words and his promises are reliable. His words and his promises are yea and amen and should be real to us when we face difficult situations. God's promises should be real to us because God is a promise keeper. And he told Joshua, he said, see. And my question to you this morning is, what do you see? What do you see? We need the eyes of faith. We need, the, we need the faith that can see the invisible. We need the eyes of faith to see that which cannot be seen before we can experience the impossible. We need the eyes of faith to see that which cannot be seen. And so God told them, he said, see, I have given this to you. I have given you this job. See, I have given you this marriage. I have given you these children. I have given you your nation. But you must see. Jeremiah chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? So I ask you today, what do you see? Do you see failure? Do you see defeat? Do you see poverty? Do you see recession? What do you see? And he said, and, and, I, and I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. You have seen well. Listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Until you see well, God cannot perform. Divine intervention is a function of what you see. What do you see? Until you see well. I want you to learn, I want this, I want to practice the art of ignoring your reality and embracing faith. I want to practice the art of ignoring your reality and embracing faith. 
I'm not saying don't acknowledge it, but you must embrace faith. Acknowledge, ignore, and embrace faith. Acknowledge, ignore, embrace faith. Acknowledge, ignore, and embrace faith. That is the process for supernatural intervention. Until you see well, God cannot perform. What do you see? Do you see a breaking marriage? Do you see failing children? Do you see failing career? Do you see poverty? Do you see ill health? What do you see? My friend, the grace to see and see well. Let this grace rest upon you and your family. In the name of Jesus. What you say is a function of what you see. What you say is a function of what you see. What do you see? And what are you saying? Mark 8, 24. The Bible says, in, And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again. Because you are not seeing properly. He said, I see men as trees. And Jesus thought, this guy is not seeing properly. Until you see properly, God cannot perform. So he had to touch his eyes again. And then listen, look at it. He said he touched his eyes again and made him look up. Made him look up. We look up to him. And we are not ashamed. We look up to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. He made him look up. Stop looking around. Stop looking around. The man who desires divine intervention cannot look around. You look up. And we look up to him. And their faces were enlightened. And they were not put to shame. And he made him look up. May God, may the angels of God make you look up. Until you look up, you can't see. Even if you see, you can't see well. And then he restored and saw everyone clearly. Until he looked up. Until he looked up. He did not see anyone clearly. He saw men as trees. That means that he had distorted vision. Stop looking around. Stop taking examples from your mates. Stop looking to your mates. Stop using your friends. Stop using your friends to determine the trajectory of your life. Stop looking around to your friends who are in the same circle and same, same circle and phase of life as you. You can't use that to determine the trajectory of your life. You need to look up. Don't be moved by what you see naturally. Rather, be moved by what the Word of God says. And you can't do and you cannot do that by looking around. You do that only by looking up. God's promises of supernatural conquest is diverse and, 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 and full in scriptures. We must search out, we must search for them, we must embrace them. That's why we have our midweek, our midweek fellowship, connect groups, where we sit, come together as a family and we dissect the world and we feed into each other and we research the world and feed into each other. 
just to help us look up to him and look up to the world. So we must receive the scriptures and we must believe it. So there are conditions attached to the fulfillment of every promise that God gives to us. There are conditions. So it's our responsibility to, to discover these conditions and fulfill them. This is what people don't tell you. There are conditions. Every promise of God is, back, is supported and backed by a condition. Meet the condition. So it's our responsibility to discover what, this, what the scripture says, what the conditions are, and then do our own part. Don't let people fool you. Don't let people deceive you. You cannot buy this stuff, and you can't pay any man for it, if you catch my drift. Don't let no one tell you, pay me this, and then I will pray this prayer. Nonsense. Find out what the word of God says. Embrace it. Acknowledge your situation. Ignore it. And then embrace God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's not a respect of anybody. So the, but the challenge is that we don't do, we don't do what the word of God says. We are always looking for ways to cut corners. That's the problem. Every time you look for ways to cut corners in scriptures, you set up yourself to be defrauded by somebody. So we don't do. Even if we do, we don't do consistently. Consistency is the evidence of conviction. Write that down. Consistency is the evidence of conviction. I know that running is good for me. I believe. I am convinced. I'm convinced that running will make me healthier. I'm convinced that running will make me slimmer. I'm convinced, convinced that running will make me lose my belly fat. I know. In fact, my wife, Pastor Paula, goes running every day. And she does at least five kilometers every day. We sleep on the same bed. In fact, most times I wake up before her. And then I will turn, grab my laptop, and start working on my laptop. And then she will wake up, and then she will go running. I know. But I'm not convicted. If I'm convicted, I will go running with her. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I go running. I go running once in a while. But only when I'm heavily incentivized. Like a promise of a back massage after my golf. That is the only time I get up and run. <laughs> so I know. I know. I know what the theory says. I know what the practice says. I believe in running. But I am not convicted. So I only go when I'm motivated. And for some of us, that's how our spiritual life is. We do, but we don't do consistently because we are not convicted. Today you pray, tomorrow you don't. Today you pray, tomorrow you don't. You know it's good to pray. You know God has power. But you are not convicted. If you are convicted, you will do it consistently. Consistently. Consistency is the evidence of conviction. Today you give, tomorrow you don't. Today you tithe, tomorrow you don't. You know about financial prosperity. You believe in financial prosperity. You know God can intervene in your finances. But you are not convicted. So today you do, tomorrow you don't. This month you do, tomorrow you don't. 
Consistency is the evidence of conviction. The man that wants to enjoy supernatural intervention, divine intervention, must tend to do the will of God, not sometimes, but all the time. You must be convicted. Today you fast, tomorrow you don't. Today you fast, tomorrow you don't. Praise the Lord. I pray for the grace to be consistent in your belief. Let this grace rest upon you in the name of Jesus. God wants to do the supernatural. The Bible is full of testimonies of faithful men who do the will of God and do it consistently. Do your part and let God do his own part. Now, let's just look at the prerequisite for supernatural conquest. Number one, to experience supernatural conquest, you must walk in righteousness. You must walk in righteousness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, and he died for all, from verse 15, he said, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So to experience supernatural conquest, divine intervention, you must learn to walk in righteousness. You must, learn, you must be born again and spirit-filled. We walk in righteousness. Number one. So are you, are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If not, today is your day. Number two, we experience supernatural conquest by trusting him, by trusting God. Esther trusted God. So if I perish, I perish. David trusted God, and God delivered Goliath. Do you trust God? No, I mean, sincerely, do you really trust God? So we have to recognize that God's way is better than your way. I would trust him and resist the desire to take matters into our own hands. Romans 5, verse 13 it says, now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may, be, you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, verse 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we must learn to trust God. You trust him. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? Now, 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 your trust in God or whether you trust God or not will be tested when God tells you no. And when God delays in giving you a promise because he has something better. Will you say trust him then? So trusting God, know, trusting, trusting God is about knowing that God knows what he's doing and he has you in mind. Do you trust God? 
So walk in righteousness. Number two, you must learn to trust God. If you trust God for your finances, it will be easy to give. Easy to give. Easy to tithe. Do you trust God? Number three, to experience supernatural conquest, we experience supernatural conquest by obeying God. Obeying God. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, it makes it very clear. It says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations. Listen, it says, now it shall come to pass. It will will happen if, if, if you diligently, consistently, with conviction, obey the voice that is the direction, the rema, and the, and the rema word of God, right? And the logos word of God, which you obey, and to observe carefully all, not some of it, not all, not do it in winter, not do it in summer, not do it today, and not do it tomorrow. He said, all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God, he will set you high above all nations. You will not need to beg anyone for prayer or use money to bribe anyone to pray for you. He will set you high above all nations of the earth. But you must obey him. Don't be among those who try and cut corners by, right, by disobeying God and then try and, try and do one thing or the other and see if God will bless them. That is a fraudulent thought. Make the choice to read the word. Make the choice to study the word. Make the choice to obey the word. Psalm 1 says, 1 to 3, Psalm 1, 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, who stands in the, who nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He said, listen, he shall be like a tree, Planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose life also shall not wither, and whatever he does, whatever he does, shall prosper. Praise God. Number four, we experience divine uh, uh, intervention or or spiritual conquest by recognizing your identity in Christ. Your identity and your inheritance. First John 4, it says, in, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the pro, to, pro, for the propitiation of our sins. He gave first. God loves you. So you have to understand your identity in Christ. God loves you. God loves you. God values you. Your value comes from him, and God considers you precious. Your self-esteem is of God. God loves you. He did not, he did not, he gave up his only begotten son just for you. That's how valuable you are. So we experience, we experience spiritual conquest by recognizing who we are, our identity and our inheritance. 
Number five, we experience spiritual conquest by getting rid of fear. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I say, receive sound mind in the name of Jesus. Receive sound mind in the name of Jesus. God has not given us a spirit of fear. I take authority over every form of fear in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. So fear, fear can prevent you from doing what God wants to do so as to experience divine intervention. Number six, we experience spiritual conquest by submitting to our God-appointed spiritual leaders. Yes, you heard me correctly. We experience supernatural conquest by submitting to our God-appointed spiritual leaders. You know, Jehoshaphat called his people in 2 Chronicles 20.20. 20. He said, so they rose early in the morning and went to the wilderness of Tekoa, and they, and, they, and they went out. As they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Can you imagine five nations surrounding these people? And they were under attack, and they cried out to their king. And then the king comes out and says, Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much. I have a plan. I said, said, Oh, king, what's the plan? Bring out the choir. So what? Yeah, you heard me. Bring out the choir. Make the choir go before us with, 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 with singing and dancing. Now, if the captain of the army is not in submission to the spiritual authority of Jehoshaphat, that would have, that's anarchy. <laughs> I mean, he could have gone, what? Oh, king has gone bonkers. What's, what's wrong with that king? I mean, we're under attack. He wants to sing? But you see, he complied. Can you now imagine when they got to Jericho and Joshua says, hey guys, you know what? Here's my plan, my God-ordained plan. Yes, I, I, know, I know I have a plan to, to, uh, to, to take over Jericho without bulldozers. So okay, 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 what, what, what do we do? We are going to march around every day for six days. And on the seventh day, we'll march around seven times. And then trust me, trust me, the wall will come down. Will you listen to such leaders? So you see, supernatural intervention comes when you submit. I said to your God appointed. I said God appointed. God appointed. God appointed. My sheep hear my voice. God appointed. You don't choose a spiritual leader by sight. You choose by insight and revelation. And lastly, we experience supernatural conquest by our willingness and determination to return all the glory to God. We experience, our supernatural, we experience supernatural conquest by our willingness and determination to return the glory to God. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8, say, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. The day you determine in your heart that everything about my life will be, glo- will be given to God as glory and honor, you will experience divine intervention. The Lord bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for everyone here under the sound of my voice. I decree, oh God, that they will hear the voice of God. I decree supernatural intervention in their lives in the name of Jesus. I decree angelic assistance in the mighty name of Jesus. The giants in your life you see today be gone by the power of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you and prosper you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.